Delighted to welcome our second guest to the Irish NFL show this evening. The Raiders have a large fan base on this little island. And so we are pleased to welcome from The Athletic to Sean Reed. How are you doing, sir? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. Have you had the the opportunity to uh, to visit this uh, little green island? No, actually, I took my first international trip in my life this past summer. I went to uh, Toronto and Vancouver. Um, so I started to dip dip my toe in international waters a little bit, but not haven't haven't made it across the pond yet. Well, now that you have the passport, maybe maybe you'll be <laughs> taking it over with the with the NFL expanding uh, globally. Who, who knows what the, the future might hold? Um, I I am a Broncos fan for for my sins, so I remember the the Josh McDaniels era in Denver, which was an interesting <laughs> one to say the least. Interesting is a word, yeah. Yes, word word. yes. Let's let's leave it at that. But it <laughs> seems to have um, you know gotten off to a better start uh, with the with the Raiders. He seems to have learned some lessons. He's not falling out with as many people. But we did see a flash of angry uh, Josh uh, just last week. Can what what has I suppose you know what has camp been like with with Josh McDaniels how have you felt you know the the first couple like week and a bit has gone yeah I think when it comes to his demeanor I think it's more balanced I wasn't around obviously when he was uh with the Broncos so I can't necessarily compare directly but it seems like he's more balanced from from people I talked to in terms of um you know being you know, a little bit more friendly, you know, and, and not being so authoritarian and, and, you know, my way or the highway, both with the locker room and, and with the personnel department. I think something that helped a lot with, with that is, um, you know, with the Broncos, he had, you know, basically GM power. And, and with the Raiders, they actually have a, a GM that has personnel power and Dave Ziegler, who who Josh McDaniels has known and worked, worked with for a while, both with the Broncos and the Patriots. And so they have a trust level there. And so I think that's allowed him to, you know, kind of ease up a little bit and just focus on the football um, they still have some, some of those old school uh, traits a little bit, you know, like you said, a player got chewed out the other day. If they, you know, if the, the offensive line has a false start or a botch snap and they have to take a lap around the field, um, there, there's noticeably more running as punishment and also as, as part of the, the practice that, that I've noticed. Um, and so, you know, there, there's still a little bit of, you know, good cop, bad cop in there with them, but um, it, it seems like, you know, from the people that I've talked to, both in the locker room and, and the executive side, that um, at least so far, you know, things are off to, to a better start than they were in Denver. Tashan, with, with the heightened expectation from last season, I mean, the Raiders went to the playoffs. They, they could have beaten the Bengals. They were, you know, they had that opportunity at the end to at least get into overtime. New GM, new head coach, as we discussed you know, you would expect a lot of Raiders fans, and obviously they've been aggressive in free agency and the trade for Devontae Adams, that this will be a particular good season. But then you look at his division as a whole, you know, what Collins Broncos have done with the Russell Wilson trade, the Chargers have been aggressive. Where do you see the landscape of this division? I know it's early in training camp, but what's your thoughts initially going into the season for the division? Yeah, I think this is the best division in football. I'm pretty confident saying that. Um, as you said, the Raiders got better this offseason on paper. I would say they're, they're pretty easily a better team than they were last year. But the, the rest of the AFC West just so happened to do the same thing. Uh, I guess you could argue the Chiefs, you know, losing Tyreek Hill, but they, they made a lot of additions on the defensive side of the ball. So they may be a more complete team now, even if they aren't as dynamic offensively. Uh, you know, the Chargers, you know, they have one of the best rosters in the league, in my opinion. I think the Broncos and the Raiders are sort of in that second tier in the division. I kind of view it as Chiefs and Chargers at the top and then Broncos and Raiders kind of jockeying it out. Because I think they're going to be three playoff teams from this division. 
Um, I, I don't think we're going to see something where, where, where all four teams make it. I guess it's possible, but I, I don't see that happening. So there's going to be one odd man out. And I think either the Broncos or the Raiders are going to be that team. And, and it's just tough because you can be a 10 win team legitimately and miss the playoffs in this division. And so um, the Raiders may be a better team than they were last year and, and missed the pay- playoffs just off, off the strength of the division getting better. I mean, you know, not just, you know, a lot of the, the attention has gone to the quarterbacks, you know, obviously the, I think this is probably the, the best quartet of quarterback talent that we've seen in a long time in the, in the league, at least as long as far back as I can remember, but these teams, you know, the rosters are actually pretty good as well. Um, and, and so I think it's going to be primetime television pretty much every time there's a divisional matchup between one of these teams. So it, it should be fun to, fun to watch throughout the season. Yeah, absolutely. I think Andy Reid gives the, the Chiefs that edge, um, you know, g- given his experience over the other head coaches, but um, should be fascinating. One of the, the things that's probably been interesting, um, and it's kind of been a source of change for the Raiders over the past couple of years, has been the offensive line. Um, and it's something I think that um, I, I've seen, you know, from from following your tweets and, and others from from camp. It looks like there'll be some more changes on the, the Raiders line or could potentially be, um, you know, certainly at the, as we said at this point, a lot of time left, obviously, for the regular season. But it's got to be disappointing for Alex Leatherwood to be where he is at this, as we sit here recording this at the beginning of August. Right. Yeah, I mean, he was, you know just a year ago drafted to be the, the starting right tackle of the future. Um, and, and they kind of had to abandon that four games in the last season because of how, how poorly, you know, he was playing at that position. Um, I thought it, toward the end of the season, I thought he was okay at, at right guard. And so my, my thinking coming into, you know, this, this off season process and, and training camp was that they would kind of flex him between the two positions and see which one that they like him best at, but he's really been locked in the right tackle since OTAs. And so it, it seems like, you know, especially after they, they drafted Dylan Parham, you know, a rookie in the third round out of Memphis, who's a, a guard center type, seems like they like him more at that spot than they like Leatherwood. And so if Leatherwood is going to play, it's going to have to be a right tackle. But to this point, Brandon Parker has been taking the majority of the reps since, since OTAs and, uh, not, not sure how much you've watched Brandon Parker, but he's not exactly uh, seen as a top tier tackle in the league. You know, he wasn't much better than Alex Leatherwood was in his 13 starts there last season. And so I think that's really, you know, a lot of the concern, not so much that a second year offensive lineman isn't starting because that's happened before, I think, even with first round picks. But the fact that he isn't starting over somebody who we've seen not be even an average NFL offensive lineman is, is pretty concerning. And, um, you know, I mean, you, you can tell by, by the offseason moves, though, that that this this regime didn't have, you know, they, they weren't there wasn't a mandate for them to have ties to decisions that were made by the by the previous regime. You know, even though he was a first round pick last year, he wasn't their first round pick. And so they don't have to have him in their plans just because, you know, he was a highly drafted player or, or guys that you know, we're paid a lot of money, weren't, don't have to be in their plans. We saw guys like Nick Kwiatkowski, Corey Littleton, Carl Nassib, who were paid a lot of money by the previous regime, get cut this offseason. Um, and, and so they kind of have free reign to kind of retool the team how they want. And at least, you know, again, like you said, you know, we have four preseason games for them, you know, uh, since they're playing in the Hall of Fame game Thursday. And there's a lot of camp left. So I'm not going to rule out that, you know, Alex Leatherwood may, may mount a comeback and end up being a starter come week one. But but right now he has an uphill fight to to get into that lineup for sure. And I suppose the other interesting one on the line is Lester Cotton, who, you know, is a guy who has been caught, I think, I think I read four times by, by the Raiders. Um, mm-hmm. And as, as we sit here today recording, he is in line to be the starting guard. Yeah, I think he has a total of five offensive snaps in his NFL career. 
Um, and he, uh, I was trying to remember where they came from. Um, and, and he mentioned it when he spoke to us yesterday. It was actually uh, in the Chargers game in week 18, I believe Alex Otherwood got hurt late. And so in overtime, it was Lester Cotton who was filling in for him at right guard. They 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 put together the game winning drive. So I guess he must have been doing at least all right. So I need to go back and watch that overtime period to see if if he's worth the hype so far. But yes, yeah, that's been the surprise. I would the the biggest surprise I would say of, of this period so far. Uh, you know, a lot of it was was just because we all expected Denzel Good, you know, the veteran offensive guard, to come back, recover from a torn ACL that kept him out for most of last season, and plug back into that right guard spot. But he retired uh, after a couple of training camp practices. And so it was like, oh, okay, well, this is actually an open competition, you know. And, and so Lester Cotton, you know, as you say, he's been the mainstay there at right guard. Um, Dylan Parham, that rookie that I mentioned earlier, we, we've seen him take snaps um, with the first team at right guard as well. But he's also been a left guard. He's been at center. And so it, it's hard to tell if he's really, you know, in the, in the you know, pushing for a starting role or, or is they're more so training him to be able to play multiple spots. We'll kind of see as, as training camp progresses. But as you said, Lester Cotton, he's leading the way so far. And so I'm interested to see, um, you know, we still don't know, you know, how, how many starters the Raiders are going to play in the preseason or not. But I would imagine, especially with him being a young guy that hasn't played much at all in his career, that he's going to be out there at some point in the preseason. So very intrigued to see uh, how he looks. Sean, I suppose the obvious storyline is Derek Carr and his relationship with Devontae Adams. And they seem to have hooked it up already in terms of what we're seeing within camp. But one of the stories I felt that's gone unnoticed is how Devontae Adams is building a great relationship with other players such as Hunter Renfro and Waller, you know, tight end, you know, how the chemistry between all them is going to work together. Because essentially a brand new player coming in and whilst he has the relationship with Carr from his college days, he needs to get to understand, an understanding of what the other players can do on the field. Yeah, I think the, the Raiders have a kind of a unique situation where they have a, a, a very star-studded pass-catching group with, with that doesn't have a ton of ego. You know, Hunter Renfro is probably one of the most humble guys you ever meet. Darren Waller really doesn't boast too much. And Devontae Adams being as good as he, – yeah, he's confident. Don't get me wrong. He firmly believes he's the best receiver um, in the league and a future Hall of Famer and all that stuff. But he's not that sort of, you know, stereotypical diva type, you know, persona that you get from, from some of the, the top-tier receivers over the years. And so – uh, I think that's helped, you know, them all kind of build some cohesion and chemistry with one another is that none of them are, you know, upset that I have to share targets with Darren Waller or Devontae Abs or Hunter Renfro. And, um, you know, having that relationship with Derek Carr, I think, you know, has helped Devontae ingratiate himself, you know, with with his other teammates. Because Derek Carr is, you know, the unquestioned leader of this team. Um, he's gotten them through some some crazy times, including pretty much all of the last season. And so if you're his guy, then, you know, it's hard for the guys not to respect you, along with, you know, Devontae being such an accomplished player and a two-time All-Pro and then things of that nature. And so um, they, they really mesh together really well. I think there's really no concerns about, you know, having, you know, not enough targets to go around or anything of that nature. I really think the offense is going to come down to whether or not that O-line that we talked about is is bad again, which it was last year. I suppose when, when by the time this comes out, we will be hours away from the preseason kicking off. It, it's the Hall of Fame game. Um, so, some teams are <laughs> delighted to have that extra game, uh, you know, especially with a new head coach. For others, they, uh, they're, they're, they're not too enthusiastic about it. We've seen Doug Pedersen say that, you know, we won't see Trevor Lawrence. We won't see uh, Travis Etienne. Um, I, I don't think Josh McDaniels has made any announcement as yet. For the Raiders, is it just a matter of, of getting through it with as few injuries as possible? Um, I think they'll they'll take an, a competitive approach to it. I don't. Again, I I would foresee that like most 
of their starters are not going to play. Um, but I do think they want to see what their young guys have, especially with them being a new staff. They really haven't seen a lot of these guys, you know, guys holding over from the, from the previous regime. They haven't seen them in person in themselves in game action. They watch film, obviously, but they'll get them, you know, their first look at a lot of these guys. And uh, they do have a, a bunch of injuries piling up. They have, you know, three projected defensive starters on the pup list right now. Trayvon Mullen, Jonathan Hankins, Bilal Nichols, um, Chandler Jones has missed a few practices. Darren Waller was a couple of practices. Um, they had a couple guys going IR this past week, Kyler Fackrell and, and Micah Kaiser. And so they've been banged up a little bit, even though we haven't started preseason games yet. So, um, but, you know, on the flip side, that's also created a lot of opportunities for young guys that are, that are unproven and haven't played that much. And those are, are the, exactly the kind of guys that, that play in the preseason because they're trying to make the roster, obviously. And so, um, you know, I think it's, you know, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think Derek Carr has taken 40 snaps or anything like that in the game, but I, I do think there's going to be some important things to watch given, you know, some of the injuries they've already sustained and some of the, the competition that they have throughout their roster and, and seeing how all that pans out. Yeah, Shannon, I read a report where there was one practice where there wasn't one legit cornerback available for practice because of all the yeah. injuries that are, are piling up. It'd be an interesting opportunity for, not just in the Hall of Fame game, but the rookies itself to kind of, I suppose, lay a marker and, and prove that they can compete in the league, albeit in preseason, and give them the opportunity to step in come, come the season. Is there any player in particular from the rookie class that you're excited to see? Uh, I think Dylan Parham stands out because he has the best chance to be a starter on an offensive line. Um, he's not a rookie, but Lester Cotton, just because we haven't really seen him play at all, I want to see what he looks like. Um, you know, a couple of defensive tackles that they drafted, uh, Matthew Butler and Neil Farrell. Um, as I said, they, they, they're, you know, they're two starting defensive tackles or projected starters um, are on a pup list right now. And so they've really just been rotating a bunch of guys at those two defensive tackle spots. And so you would imagine that those rookies um, could have a shot to maybe try to push their way into the rotation. Um, and, and so this preseason be pretty big for them. And then um, probably the other position, the last position would be the receiver room. Um, you know, obviously all the attention is going to go to Devontae and Hunter, but they, they kind of have this four-way competition for the other outside receiver spot between Mac Hollins Keelan Cole, Demarcus Robinson, and Tyron Johnson. Uh, Matt Collins, I would say, has been leading the way with the other guys. You know, they've been impressed with, and to the point where I'm starting to think they might keep, you know, six wideouts on the team, which I, I thought they might only keep five before. And so, those guys, I would imagine, at least some of them are going to be playing in the preseason. And so, you know, seeing who's able to separate themselves from the pack and see who's going to be starting opposite of Devontae Adams and, and kind of benefit from being on the field with some of those weapons that they have it would be something else to watch. I think we've all been so starved of football that it won't matter if it's preseason. It won't matter if it's the, the third string guys out there. We're just delighted to, to have it back. For our viewers and our um, our listeners to, to the podcast who want to hear more uh, of your stuff or, or read more of your stuff, where can they find you? Yeah, just Twitter is the best place probably to find me, Tashan Reed um, at T-A-S-H-A-N-R-E-E-D, or go on The Athletic, get a subscription, go to our Raiders page and, and check out stuff from me and my colleague, Vic Tafer. Well, I always enjoy The Athletic stuff, and I can say that Tashan's gift game and his photo reaction <laughs> game on Twitter are outstanding. He's definitely worth a, a follow. I want to thank you for taking the, the time to, to chat to us and hopefully we'll uh, welcome you back on over the course of the season. Cool. Thanks for having me, y'all.